0: All right, beautiful people, I want to thank you for joining me this morning. I am your host, Nubé Brown, here at Prison Focus Radio. We are going to get started right away, so you won't hear much from me. We've got a lot of amazing voices to hear this morning. But one of the things that I want to say is, you know, I really believe that prisoners are the living example of what it really means for a society to make it a habit to dehumanize and exploit and criminalize people for responding appropriately, really, to the conditions that have been designed for them. Martin Luther King really said it best that we are uh, approaching a spiritual death uh, when we are not holding ourselves and each other accountable for the incredible harm that um, not only we are allowing, but by allowing it, we are then complicit in it. So... You know, here at Prison Focus Radio, so much of what we're doing here is about changing the narrative and really bringing the voices of people that are being caged and their families that then are um, being stigmatized and harmed right along with them. We really cannot afford any longer to allow this elephant in the room of, which is uh, softly called mass incarceration, but is really modern day slavery. So I want to thank you all again for being here with me this morning. Um, We come together in love and unity and shared humanity. Uh, Ubuntu. So let's get started with a conversation that I had this week with Ikemba from Colorado.
4: profit in the program is to have it so that guys who have already been excessively sentenced will have the opportunity to, if not earn a pardon or clemency, to earn the opportunity to be in a halfway house setting to where they can uh, either work on site or uh, work in the community and go to communities that will accept them, know their whole situation and accept them, right?
3: Mm -hmm.
4: Um, And then, you know, have time out to have a family and and do positive work in the community and whatnot. I mean, because we have so many people, you know, uh, literally hundreds of thousands of people uh, who are excessively uh, sentenced Uh, and, you know, At least at at minimum, tens of thousands of people who are lawfully convicted. Um, And so, uh, you know, I mean, hopefully we get to the point where, um, you know, like a a 20 year sentence is like a maximum sentence. It's like if a person has to do more than 20 years in prison, there must be some sort of psychological thing going on and he needs to be treated, right? Because unless you have. Psychological issues. You can change. Uh, uh, every person is capable of changing their life. You know. Uh,
0: yeah, they are. If they're if they're given the 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 resources to do so, and there's an environment that really is is really about that. And we know that this right. system is designed entirely to work entirely uh, differently. Well, I mean, these are some of the big changes
3: that we have to make. Uh, I mean, that's what, these, that's what
4: this, this soft revolution has all been about. Mm-hmm. And I say soft revolution because we we're, we're not taken to the streets in arms or nothing, but we've been having a revolution. And uh,
3: that's what it's about, you know, making these real and systemic uh,
4: um, foundational changes. And uh, yeah, that's what we got to do in this country.
0: Absolutely, and it's being shown up uh, very deliberately uh, when you can see that you know our 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 capital can be taken over, you know, uh, by white male mostly, basically white terrorists. male terrorists, right? And yeah. and just go right in, be uh, I mean, act like insurrectionists. I don't want to. They are terrorists. They're calling it an insurrection and I, I I think that unfortunately people are able to, you know, kinda of wear that as a, a badge of honor. And also the idea is that um yeah, so I, I mean I I I think it I mean I, I think it's good for people to see what's happening. But I but what I also hear what you're saying in terms of the you know, the systemic change that needs to be Made the deep changes that need to be made really has a lot to do with our narrative and you know the language that we're using and really what that language also represents where you really stand in your heart around what you're seeing and what we're allowing on our watch.
4: I mean, when you get down to the basic principles of Wanting for someone else what you want for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, treating people how you want to be treated. I mean, you know, who can who can argue with everybody being judged under the same criteria uh, when it comes to uh, criminal justice um, or um, when it comes to opportunities.
3: Um, Education, jobs, all of that—you know, like we want to be one country. You know, there's there shouldn't be no difference between gender and race or any of that. You know, um, and, and yeah, I just, I just get tired of all the people are basically just buying for their own self
4: interests. That's the only time things get complicated. But When you break it down to the, to the basic principle of, you know, we're all human beings, we're all citizens of this country, um, and, and we all want basically the same thing, which is to have peace, you know, to, to be able to have a family, to enjoy life, um, and, and and to have opportunity, you know, um, yeah.
0: I, I agree. I, and, uh, I, I mean, I, we're just fighting for our humanity. Can we, can we view things from a lens of, of humanity? And I, I, I think we have a, a big job ahead of us. And we have, a, you know, the, the work on the self, the deep spiritual reflective work is, I believe, is what's most needed and what is the most difficult can you look at your neighbor as another human being that might want the things that you want in order to live a good and happy life? And do you have to, in order for you to have what you would like, even if you are going to be selfish, how have you, how do we change that, that feeling or that idea that what I want can only be had by the subjugation of somebody else?
4: Yeah, and that's, that's so you know, and that's the, that's the, that's the overwhelming... Or the overarching struggle when you're talking about like capitalism mm-hmm. and democracy, or or um, socialism, or or things of that nature, right? Because capitalism is based off, you know, basically uh, uh, keep what you can take, right? Um, <laughs> right. Right. So, so you know, and, and so people want. They want everything, and so when what you want infringes on the peace of others, then then that's an issue. And so you know, I, I, I think, yeah, all of these is is discussions that people way smarter than me are already having. Um, I think that just on a base level, we everyday people need to adopt the same basic. Of America, right? Mm-hmm. So, America, what is America going to be, right? Is America going to be this white, Judeo Christian dominant society, or is America going to be uh, a country of all types, all peoples, all cultures living under uh, uh, laws and rules? That uh, uh, treat everybody humanely, respectfully, and with dignity,
3: right?
4: Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I mean, if it's the latter, then there's really not an issue. It's only when people hold their self-interest. You know, well, I want, I want a fifty-seven million-dollar jet plane so I can fly wherever I want in the world, right? I mean, uh, yeah, I, 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 me personally, I am uh, inherently opposed to um, excessive amounts of wealth. Like, to me, nobody needs that. You know, catch a flight like everybody else and uh, go enjoy yourself, right? Um, but, you know, overconsumption and excessive wealth and all that, to me, I'm just opposed to that. Um, because I know, like you said, it, it, in order for me to have that, I have to deprive so many others of basic needs. Um, I mean, like people don't even understand like how much we overconsume in this country. You know, just to get off topic just a little bit, like, like, like just to have a cotton t-shirt, what that takes, or just to have certain colors and dyes in your in your clothing, what that takes, right? Um, there's a reason why we. Uh, we send jobs over to other countries um, instead of keeping those jobs here outsourcing uh, uh, jobs and whatnot um, there's a reason why uh, you know we we build factories in other countries and not here um, it's because the things that those factories produce is harmful to the environment and if they did that here people would uh, complain about it whereas if you do it in a poverty-stricken uh, country, um, you know, there'd be less complaint, or a dictatorship country, you know, there'd be less complaints or whatever, but, you know, and so overconsumption, excessive wealth, yeah, these are, yeah, those are like arguments that people have been having since before America existed, right? That's and so awesome. I, don't, I don't know. I, yeah. Idea. I, my idea. <laughs> My my greatest concern, just because it affects so many poor and people of color, and especially young people uh, who who have no control of where they're born, have no control of the environment they are raised in, right? But we we we're born into these impoverished communities, and we're raised into these dysfunctional situations, and you know. Because we learn the lessons of that environment, we are judged uh, for the rest of our lives based on that, uh, rather than, uh, and then you know we get uh, uh, mistreated and, and and left out um, in in the ju in the, in the juvenile system in the in the adult courts. Uh, you know that's my uh, biggest thing, uh, just because. You know, I can't fight every battle. I can't. I can't. Like my brain is not big enough to tackle all the issues. <laughs> you know, I may sound like I could put a few intelligent sentences together. So I just have to. I have to compartmentalize. And I have thoughts and opinions about a lot of things, but my focus is on this judicial system. We, I have to. I want to do my part to change this. And, and, and they got to stop giving young people all this time in prison they got to stop just throwing people in prison and thinking that's going to solve the problem of crime in America. Uh, because it's not. It never has. and never will. Um,
0: yeah, but it can, but we know that that's just the narrative that they put out, so the public will buy it. We know that this is genocidal. You know, the trajectory that we're on, um, yeah. you know, really, I, I just... It really is genocidal, you know, but the, you know, hundreds of years of, uh, you know, generational um, trauma and, um, and just uh, dehumanizing and, and basically trying to destroy the black community once they were, quote, freed from slavery because they never were freed from slavery. It just, you know, it, it. Um, it manifested in becoming criminals and that this is just another story another narrative to justify the treatment that now that is you know the, the net has been cast wide and it's black brown and poor people as you say yeah, really, right. I, you. yeah I mean it's it's genocide all the time. Yeah. So, it's a hard word so, to so swallow so but we have to face it
4: like, when you really look at it, right, so you look at the 60s, and you have the Civil Rights Movement, the Voting Rights Acts, and all of that stuff going on, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so, bam, all of a sudden, now, you have, and then at the same time, you have the struggle of uh, uh, communism and capitalism, the ideologies of those being raised on the world front, you know what I'm saying, with Cuba and South America, and things of that nature, right? Mm -hmm.
3: And, And then, so, it's not a
4: coincidence that you know, here it is, you had the head of the CIA become the vice president under Reagan and bam they implement this plan of, okay, well we're gonna send guns out here to South America and drop that off so we can keep that destabilized and weak. And and then when they when our when our pilots are on their way back, let's load those planes. Let's allow them to load their planes full of droids and we're gonna pump that into the black and brown communities and that'll keep them destabilized and weak right so and then at the same time they build all these prisons you know what I'm saying and then Clinton comes and he builds more prisons and, and furthers that agenda I understand what you're saying but at the same time I believe in the the basic goodness of people and so like if we educate people sometimes it's it's hard for people to grasp the bigger the bigger things, right? Like, So when you say, when you talk about that, people be like, oh, you know, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, or I don't, you know, I don't believe in, okay, but do you believe in equality, right? Do you believe in basic goodness,
3: right? Do you believe that we are all human beings? So sometimes instead of uh, trying to
4: uh, uh, educate people on, the, the, the sinister, the, the, the depths of the deception and all of that other stuff, um, you,
0: you you appeal to the basic goodness in, the, in those people and you educate them that way. Mm-hmm. Don't you love getting schooled on humanity and love by a prisoner? I'm humbled every day by uh, what they share, their dreams, their vision, uh, the talent the beauty and love that's behind the walls. Um, So, uh, with that in mind, I am now going to read a letter from a loved one um, on the outside, a wife of a California prisoner who needs to remain anonymous because this system and CDC small R will retaliate against the family members for speaking out uh, for their loved ones, uh, for the grievances Um, that they have around how uh, their loved ones are being uh, treated. Because we should feel free and empowered to speak up when we are mistreated or when we see someone else mistreated. That is our collective work. My fiancé, my partner, is being retaliated against Malik Washington for speaking up responsibly as a community member about a COVID outbreak at the Taylor Center owned by GEO Group. His first amendment rights are being violated. It means a lot when somebody speaks up, but if we do it together, we have power. It really is all power to the people. So remember the shoulders that we stand on. All right, I am going to read this letter. To whom it may concern, I am writing in hopes to spread the word on what's going on inside of California State Prison Solano. A number of inmates have shared their concerns. My husband is one of them. In the public eye, the CDCR, is displaying that proper protocol and procedures are being followed, yet Solano has faced a major spike in positive cases due to incoming transfers of inmates from different prisons and COVID-19 cases being traded improperly. In the early months of the pandemic, Solano remained steady at single-digit cases. Once transfers started coming in, they were hit with a major spike in positive cases, which reached triple digits. We also ask that vaccines are given to inmates to possibly help stop the spread of this deadly virus. My husband was removed from the dorm where he was originally housed, placed in a different cell to quarantine with someone who was COVID-19 positive. He was confused and concerned because he had no symptoms and had been testing negative. A few days later, he is told he is now positive and is placed in a dorm full of COVID-19 positive inmates. Please view below. I ask that you respectfully consider my concerns as in the most humble and desperate approach. We are their voice. The the following are five areas of concern regarding the COVID 19 testing, placement, and treatment of inmates at CSP Solano level two and why henceforth we now refuse to test. One, no treatment is being provided. Once an inmate tests positive, he is housed in a gymnasium or dorm full of COVID-19 positive inmates and is not treated until he no longer shows symptoms or until he tests negative. Two, we are being exposed to COVID-19. Inmates who previously tested positive are being housed with inmates who have yet to test positive. Those inmates are being forced to move into buildings with those who have COVID-19 and into cells previously occupied by inmates who were positive. Three, inmates are subjected to multiple moves. Inmates are being moved from level two into level three cells, then to gymnasiums or dorms, and in some cases, one or two more buildings, which has effectively denied programming to all other prisoners, which denies us access to yard. We were given paperwork by a staff saying we were supposed to get yard, as well as canteen packages, necessities, fresh air, all of which exacerbates the problem. There have been two documented COVID-19-related deaths at Solano and multiple inmates taken to hospitals. Inmates' property is being taken and quarantined. Inmates released from quarantine are having their property taken and quarantined, leaving them without necessities, and in most cases, inmates sent back into the population without proper fish kits, clothing, or bedding. Five. Inmates are having to repeat the process every 90 days. Recent inmates who previously tested positive and went through the quarantine process and were cleared of COVID-19 are being sent back to quarantine because it has been over 90 days since their positive results and someone in their cubicle is now testing positive. What we seek to accomplish by refusing further testing is to stop administration from compiling paperwork showing their efforts to mitigate this outbreak and to get any prisoners subjected to the above mentioned to 602 it immediately. 602 is to begin a former appeal by an inmate. It should be noted, some of us have been refusing tests for some time yet still receive printed out test results stating negative. They're still submitted to provide a record, stop subjecting inmates to multiple unnecessary moves, bring exposure to the fact that Solano State Prison's policies have not been designed to prevent the spread of COVID 19. Rather, it's been shown medical staff as well as CDCR has introduced inmates with symptoms of COVID 19, effectively effectively spreading the virus amongst the general population concerning transfers as noted that transfers will begin anytime soon from county jails our concern is that publicly the proper procedures and protocols are emphasized yet are not being followed inside the prisons solano for some time has remained below the positive list with single-digit positive cases In late September, early October, they began doing transfers to Solano from other prisoners, Lancaster, Old Folsom, California City, CMC, etc., places where people were positive. Many inmates were sent here without being tested at those prisons, no quarantine here upon arrival, and moved right into level 2 dorm settings soon after positive tests began to grow throughout the level 2 dorms on both C and D yards. Then once positive test results came back from original Solano inmates after 7 to 11 days, quote, quarantined, together in gymnasiums or different dorms with no treatments, they were kicked back to their other buildings on the level 2 side that were previously unaffected and predictably those inmates in those blocks would become sick and eventually entire block exposed and sick. Those not tested positive in those blocks where many were testing positive were sent to isolation cells that were contaminated and not properly cleaned. Those same inmates would later test positive in isolation after being in contaminated cells, and again, mixed with previously unaffected inmates who would later get sick. Eventually, nearly every single inmate on C-yard and many on D-yard. This email is to provide a sense of urgency from the inmate population as the way the COVID-19 outbreak is being handled, is putting many individuals' lives at risk. We are human and deserve the same treatment as others that are not in confined environment. We solely rely on our loved ones to be our voice as our voices are hardly ever heard. And when our voices are heard at times, there is the fear of retaliation from staff. We cannot keep quiet during a pandemic. We cannot keep quiet when a COVID-19 outbreak is happening in this prison. We cannot keep quiet when protocol is not being followed. We cannot keep quiet when they treat us like dogs from one cage to the next. We cannot keep quiet when people are dying. It's time to wake up. Open your eyes and realize this is not being handled in a controlled manner. Exclamation point, exclamation point.
3: How do we engage We'll be in just for fun No wonder there's so many guns Maybe we're better off in space Mr. Nelson Mr. Nelson, can you hear my voice? So we know you're a little bit groggy and you're probably going to find it hard to speak But don't try to talk because there's too much now I just want to let you know that the medication you were given has put you in suspended animation for quite some time. Well, in fact, about 45 years. 45, years. 45 years. But where you are now is a place that does not require time. That being said, you are completely safe. And we're here to help you. To help you. on the neck when she doesn't expect a kiss on the neck
0: Thank you so much, Prince. If you are just joining us, this is Prison Focus Radio. I am your host, Nube Brown, and we are going to keep moving. And we are now going to listen to an excerpt of a conversation that I got to have with Setawa Nantambu Jama'a. And um, for those of you that know, I am doing the Liberate the Caged Voices social media campaign, Liberate Our Caged Elders. This was started in collaboration with Sitawa over a year ago and he is one of the principal authors of the agreement and hostilities and one of the many hundreds of now elders that did the historic hunger strikes here in California between 2011 and 2013 to end indefinite solitary confinement those people those elders that we are focusing on in the campaign are heroes they are political prisoners here in California who are continually being of uh, having their human civil and un- and constitutional rights violated on a daily basis we must get them home i urge you to call the governor at 916-445-2841 and demand the release of our elders these are the elders again of the hunger strikes do our words fall on deaf ears maybe but don't ever let this system silence you
2: people. And they do have medical neglect. It's, just, it's all about medical neglect. rests on, And this is the worst outbreak. See, I was in a room where nobody had a COVID at first. And then seeing never uh, 11th of C. And why I was over there? Because they had another outbreak. On the other side of here. Now, the thing is, I made sure the only people I seen was the nurse and the CNA. Now, all of a sudden I get COVID. You know, they say, hey, dude, we got to move you to 35C because you got COVID. I said, what the hell I got going? Ain't nothing but CNAs. In. A nurse come to see me. Right. I don't allow no no other patient, nothing come around me. So I said, I like it. I said, I only could have got it from one of y'all. They took me over here. I stayed about two days over here in 30 35C. Then they took me to Mercy Hospital. Cause my temperature was 102. Oh. My my two level was a five. It was the Lord that could be. And, you know, I, and I was telling them, what's wrong with me? They said, you got COVID. I said, what? You telling me I'm for the doctor? So I went to the hospital, and they were seeing him checking on me every uh, 45 minutes. Wow. I was telling them, hey, what the hell are y'all checking on me every 45 minutes? Get the hell out of here. If I'm going to die, let me talk to my family and prepare things. Right? So I, I would tell my sisters, hey, do this and do this, because I ain't going to be around. They say, hey, pray your way. I say, hey. it's beyond that. I feel so down. I felt like I was the first time I had the stroke. Wow. I, I couldn't move my arms or nothing. I couldn't move my legs or nothing and they tried to set me up. They said, you want to sit up? I said, oh, yeah, I can't get up myself. So they put me in the chair and let me sit for a while. Made me feel like I was a human being, but I was there. I couldn't move nowhere. The only thing I could move was my head. So I I stayed over there about almost two weeks, Mm. Then they brought me back. I was telling the shit. Hey, probably place in the Because this place, Asbury, is the best. It must be the worst of the worst care center that's around. Because they do everything in reverse to take care of me. And I know my rights. So I was telling them, y'all have a problem. I said, I'm going to speak about it. When you do something wrong, you hear me up there us because I'm get I me to occupational, occupational therapy and physical therapy. Because when I was over there in Stockton at the prison, you know, they took me to occupational therapy and physical therapy. I went five days a week.
0: I remember that. And you were doing really well then.
2: <laughs> I was doing better.
0: Yeah. Over here, they got
2: one woman come to see me three times a week while I'm in the bed. I said, hey, You got to get me to the gym so I can use a bicycle to strengthen my legs. I said, Then I can work my arm and shoulder better. Right. And they were telling me, Okay, let us talk to the administrator named Don Duck. I said, What well, you got to talk to him? Just give me over to the damn gym. <laughs> it better. Y'all talking about rehabilitation. Y'all ain't doing.
0: Right.
2: They got upset at me. They said, oh, dude, hey, he, he keep on that. He called and went to talk to his family. He tell them what day how long it was for them to come see me. So I started to be a problem with him.
0: Right on. That's right. Be a problem. Make good trouble. Good <laughs> trouble. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, Yeah.
2: like Laura said, good trouble.
0: Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. That's the only way things are going to change. because there,
2: There's been a lot of people so content over here. When I went to the councilman meeting yesterday, man, there's some guys been over here three and four years, and they got content with what they're seeing they doing.
0: Uh-huh. That's you why. Know? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Like when they go to clean you, they want to clean you, your front and back. Hey, they'll clean your front, won't mess with your back, and that's what you were laying in. It was so ridiculous. I said, Hey, I don't even want you working around me, get the hell away from me. So I start telling the see CNA, Hey, don't come around here working with me. Matter of fact, administration, I don't want you around me.
0: Right. So on.
2: I to start doing.
0: Okay. Well, are you getting any? Are you getting any response from the administration? Is something happening? Uh, well, they stopped
2: the guy from working around me and stuff. But right now, like I told my sister, if she don't call in here, there won't be no outside pressure on them.
0: Okay. So, can how about the public? Can can f- uh, friends call? I mean, I, c- I, no,
2: no. huh? only way that, that they can do is, you know, the uh, California Department of Health, they the only one, either they can receive complaints that that patient like me have, and then they come down on, on these uh, uh, rehabilitation systems, they don't want to come down on them. They don't the want got the power to come down
0: on them. Okay, so should we should should we be calling for should 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 I be asking people to call the California Department of Health about what's happening at this this facility? sure you can. Fantastic, then but that's what we're gonna do.
2: Cause the thing is, I, I don't care about the fallout. I just want pressure on these people, cause they can't what they do,
0: and when you complain about it. They take forever to take care of it. Right, right. They they just, yeah, they, they're not listening to your concerns. So you go to this resident council meeting and you make your complaints and then they'll just hear you or not hear you. Yeah, that's what everybody's been telling me. Okay. They
2: got some complaints they had last year, March last year. I wasn't even here. They still up to argue for i say man. Listen to a number of complaints and then get to the, the administration and have Just like in my case. Okay. I can't write right now, right? I'm right handed. So I had the, the stroke on the right side.
0: Mm. So I can't use my left hand the right way. Right, got it. Okay. The thing is, they keep resin their phone. But they won't give me a phone
2: to have communication. See, cause I could have called y'all up and called my family up. I can't do that. Okay. What they do with me, they said three days out of week like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, for my two sisters to call me, right? Right. I can't talk to nobody else but them. <laughs> if you wouldn't have called in. I wouldn't be able to talk to you. Sure, because right now the only way I could talk is if somebody called in like you did. Okay. Anybody wants you, they ever put for the schedule and tell you what day and what time. Mm-hmm. And they bring the phone
3: to me. Okay.
2: That way I can get FaceTime and talk. The mm-hmm. other place I was at on the other side, they used to keep your phone. Well, you can make any call you want to, right? Over here, they just use the activity coordinator. They use them in the administration.
0: Over here on this side, that's the only time you get over to the phone. Right, so they control it as opposed to yeah, when... Yeah, they control it over mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm.
2: So still, I was said, look, i buy my own phone. Just let me have one. And the ministration ain't gave me a straight answer on that yet.
0: This is unbelievable.
2: The thing is, they know I'm I'm, I had a stroke I kinda paralyzed on one side. And then on the other side can't write with. Just like now I tell you a big problem. You know how they gave the stimulus checks.
3: Yeah.
2: All right, the more stimulus check of last year. I got it for $1,200, right? Right. I can't even cash it because I can't go to the bank. There's something bank account. See, it's just set.
0: Oh my God. That's ridiculous. That's... And
2: they did it. You know what they did last month? When they agreed with the stimulus, to give everybody 600 Yeah. Okay. I got the card that the Department of Treasury sent me uh, about three or four days ago. It's a little card that you had to call them and then they could the, give me the uh, cash out yeah. or put it in your bank account or go to the ATM. And I, I don't know, I don't have access to none of that. So I can't do get that shit out now, I get $1,800 from the government, I can't even cash. I asked one person this morning who worked for the activity for the administration, right?
3: Uh-huh. And he said he had to check
2: with his boss to see if he could I said, hey, man, I can't go to the bank. <laughs> I'm checks. And they got to, like, to check as much. They tell me you got a year for it. And they're here for the phone. Yeah. Hello. They come in for the phone. Hey, I love talking to you, New Bay. Okay. And and Sherry, thank you for the information.
0: Oh, of course. Of course. We love you. Love you. Take care. Okay. Bye bye, Satawa. Bye bye. And now an edited a conversation with Emilemo, where I first ask him about vaccinations inside Corcoran, and then about the transition of uh, forty-five in the new administration. But um, how you doing? How are you doing? Well, first of all,
1: it's always a pleasure to talk to you, sis. You know, <laughs> you're my
5: brother, my love. Uh, I'm doing well. No, I can't complain. And whenever I hear about my outside loved ones doing okay, that makes me feel better on the inside. So I can't complain. Well, what we have heard so far is that the vaccine is here and a few of the officers have taken it. Um two officers had a, a negative reaction to it and got hospitalized. We don't know their their uh diagnosis after that, but um it's not mandatory. So but that little bit of information has more inmates saying, "Yeah, I don't know if I want to take it now." So,
3: mm-hmm.
5: we, you know, with with when you have um, a vaccine like that, and people unsure about this COVID situation, COVID situation already, you know, nobody's really hopeful for a vaccine because for those that haven't caught the virus, you know, they're just you know thankful that that it hasn't happened. But for those that have. Because we haven't had um, no fatalities, I don't think people are too much worried about it, you know. They feel mm. like it's just another, you know, another version of the flu. So, um, it hasn't really changed the atmosphere as far as people being, uh, you know, worried. It uh, It's just...
1: This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded.
5: I would say it's just uh, somewhat of a depressing... Situation because people keep we keep Losing our programs you know we're trying to get The visits back it, you know just Barry has started um, we're trying To get our pictures back going which had Just started you know so th- That's where we're at we're still trying to fight The administration on just giving us what we got coming And keeping that despite whatever They're trying to do and uh, Let us out you know and That's something that they don't want to do So that's so much Of the atmosphere so far
1: all right. Well, it sounds like a little bit of a catch-22 as well, because, yeah, since nobody's dying, right, nobody's getting uh, really sick and, and dying. So they're like, oh, well, let's just continue on with this policy of basically playing willy-nilly with y'all's life. I mean, I'm glad that that, right. that people are okay, but the reality is that's just a risk that they're taking.
0: Now, Emuilemo's thoughts on the new administration. First
5: of all, yeah, we know that there's Cash 22 around here. I think we're getting used to that. And as far as uh, you know, the Nimwit Trump, you know, it, he's comedy to us. We're laughing at him. We look at him as like a drama whore. You know, he's a media fanatic. You know, and the way we see it, if it was to prosecute him, it'd be what he deserves. You know, give him a taste of how we feel. We get falsely accused and wrongfully unjusted in here with that with that system. You know, um. We don't like people getting hurt, but, yeah, we believe he's behind the coup that attempts on the White House because those are all his supporters. We do believe he supports the alt-right. He's a a white supremacist, you know, in action and in conversation. So nobody's pitying him, you know. Um, What we do hope is that more people become aware of what we've been saying for years and, and, and the diversity of it is what we like to see more people continue to to deal with the grassroots organizations more people to continue to get these government jobs um more people to to continue to come together because he's pushing us to do so by showing you you know the racistness and and the, and the fascism that has been you know hurting America for years so that's where a lot of uh revolutionary minded people are saying as far as others um Hearing us conversate when we do, and hearing the things that we say, not getting deterred by things like that, I think gives these other ethnicities hope that we still um, see an, a light at the end of the tunnel, and giving them more hope to say, you know what, let's not resort back to our old criminal thinking ways, but let's continue to build in solidarity with the new Africans who. Who, who, who are starting to make more sense more clearly, you know, beyond what we did for the hunger strike, you know. And and seeing that um, just makes us realize that if the new administration comes in and doesn't harass us, it will get a lot more wins. But he's still a capitalist, so we're not, like, excited or nothing like that. You know, just um, looking forward, we feel better that, we know it's a revolutionary time, and other people of other ethnicities will be uh, helping to continue us you know, with our building. And, and out there, um, I think we, we a lot of people also think that it might be a little easier to do so with the new administration.
1: Okay. And, and how do you feel about that?
5: I believe that the police killings uh, should stop. I believe a lot of criminal activities on our part in the cities should Dwindle down a little bit because there'll be more a lot of job opportunities. I think a lot of youngsters will see it that it's it's more important to become a part of an organization and learn how to rebuild our communities and and not be so much as materialistic or the way they mistreat women. Um, that's what we're looking at as as. as um, a starting point, what and why I said there might be light at the end of the tunnel, because I think that from all that was happened, the damage that has been done is going to cause people to want to come together and pursue more love and peace. You know, and mm-hmm. I believe with the new administration, we won't get hit or harassed out there with our rebuilding. You know, um, a lot of the alt right people and white right supremacist people, it's like what Fred Hampton did when he assembled the Rainbow Coalition. If you teach them the truth about the country they'll lose a lot of values that they have on the ideology of the country because they'll see is that you're still a part of the uh, of the problem as well you're not being excluded i mean look at what trump is doing now He, he he pretty much pumped you all up to go do this and now he's you know blaming you all for doing it as if he doesn't support you you know so why would you stand in solidarity with a man like that you know, and it's those forms of actions that have always been done by the one percent. They used the KKK to you know, assassinate and kill us, lynch us, and things of that nature. But then, if you get caught up in the system, they're going to prosecute you to the to the to know far extent of the law, like they do us. You might get a little slap on the wrist, but you might not, because they're just using you as tools of reaction. You know, so the time for building it is right, because there's things going on right in front of people's faces that are starting to make them wake up. You know, so that's what that's what I, I see in, in, in how I'm starting to feel, you know. Um,
1: this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Uh,
5: will it be 100%, you know, changed? No, I don't believe that. But in time, I think it will be become to, to, to lean more towards our side, you know, because the more political persons get out and go right back into the fold, um, the more their experience in, in teaching and re-education will rise to the surface, you know. And a lot of these youngsters, they just need to see things in order to come forward. As long as they see the progress and the need, then they'll begin to uh, learn of its importance, you know. So I'm remaining hopeful that this is what's going to be going, this is what are the things that will be happening going forward.
1: All right. that I hear that. Yeah. All power to the people. Um, yeah. I Okay, so I wanted to uh, kind of, I, I I wanted to just briefly have you talk about you know these things that basically back to the programming because a lot of what you're talking about that you want to see out here is, uh, but is is kind of stemming from in there because the programming and the education that you're talking about is not something that the prison offers it's something that y'all are creating in there do you want to talk about that
5: yeah 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 sure sure. Yeah, we've always been um one to one to teach our history, our cultural practices, learn about other ethnicities cultural practices and see how they correlate. So, yeah, our re-education is just based on truths, you know. Um Americans America's history system is to teach you to be complacent, uh accept accept th- their truths um to be controlled, you know, and nobody really understood how to rise above that except for the Black Panther Party and their allies, you know, because they understood what Malcolm X was talking about, our problems were, and how to solve those problems. So that's still of importance because, as you can see, the way that the Womping class puts everything on the media, they, they're pretty much telling you, get rich or die trying, you know, and... Get rich if you're in the inner cities this illegal way. That's what you can. But then if you join the rap game or these other these other uh, uh, legitimate professions, they have control of that. You can still be like us, even though they're not going to accept you. You know they're going to still exploit you. You know they'll still prosecute you if if they do. You know so we want to teach you know real history like what our ancestors. We're going through and what they what How they overcame certain things So there's certain books that we read and implement in our curriculum It allows them To, to go beyond that Mentally and it changes their ideology You know it, it makes them see The world for what it really is And it also teaches them how to learn How to challenge their circumstances And uh, become productive In their community which is the most Important thing you know It teaches them a whole other you know Economic practice which is socialism Um, it teaches them how to treat their women, you know, it teaches them how to be fathers, teaches them how to be mothers, you know, it it teaches them what we need them to know, which, which, which we wish we would learn sooner, you know, instead of having to come to prison where our, our elders are at.
0: All right. That is our show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, today when I am recording this, it is January 20th. It is inauguration day. It's probably crazy out there. But stay together. Stay informed. Let's do this together. Check out the San Francisco Bayview's uh, National Black Newspaper. You can come right to our, our newspaper rack at 3rd and Paloo. It's a beautiful, bright green newspaper. You can go to their website, sfbayview.com. Check out California Prison Focus. They're beautiful, beautiful uh, newspaper, issue number 61, go to prisons.org, check out that newspaper. This is where you can stay informed about what is happening with our prisoners and their loved ones. And please don't forget to call the governor. It's easy. 916-445-2841. Demand the release of our elders. It's that simple. Also get involved with the campaign, the social media campaign. You can use the, um, the our handle is hashtag liberate our caged elders check out our campaign website tinyurl.com slash liberate caged voices get ready for work week with steve seltzer